At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 9, and we're going to close chapter 9 out today, looking at verses 13 through 18. Verses 13 through 18, Proverbs chapter 9. The word of God reads like this. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat by the highest places of the city to call to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, stolen water is sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of hell. Amen. Now, <clears throat> you understand that chapter 9 in Proverbs, in the book of Proverbs, is the concluding chapter of the introduction of the book of Proverbs. Chapter 1 through chapter 9, those nine chapters um, represent the introduction to the book of Proverbs. Nine chapters is preparing us for what we're going to learn, for what we're going to understand, what's going to be revealed to us in Proverbs from chapter 10 through chapter 31. Let me say it again. We've been studying Proverbs chapter 1 through chapter 9. And for nine chapters, we have been being prepared for what God wants to impart spiritually into our lives from Proverbs chapter 10 through chapter 31. Now, if nine chapters have been preparatory, you can only imagine what you are about to receive in chapters 10 <laughs> through chapter 31. I don't know about you, but as I reflect, when I think about what God has already shown me in chapter 1 through chapter 9, which for me has been monumental, what we've already learned, what we've already heard, what we've already grasped in nine chapters has been life-changing for me. Because I'm saying to myself, Lord, you're helping me to understand this at 68. If I had understood this at the age of 18, I could have made some better decisions in life. 
There's some pain I could have avoided. There's some mistakes I would not, had, would not have had to make if I had understood these principles and these values and if I had been living with this kind of knowledge. But I'm thanking God that in spite of my past, I still have a bright tomorrow. <laughs> yes. And so I'm, I'm just thanking him for what I've already received. And then I'm on tiptoe anticipation of what I'm going to receive from chapters 10 through chapter 31. The book of Proverbs focuses to, and speaks to us about the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God to engage the mind of God. To know how God thinks to know what God's will is and so that I can uh, be able to say like Paul in the New Testament, but we have the mind of Christ. And Paul says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally to those who ask. And I understand more than ever that there is a vast difference between the way I think and the way God thinks. Isaiah says, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And at the end of the day, what does it mean to be saved? At the end of the day, being saved means that I have come to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I have opened up my heart and I've asked him to come in and be my personal Lord and Savior. I wish I could see the hand of somebody who asked him to do that. Hmm? At some point, you had an encounter with Jesus Christ. You didn't find him because he wasn't lost, but he found you. And he met you at the lowest ebb of your life. Think about where you were when the Lord came into your life. Think about where you were. Think about what you were doing. Think about the condition of your life. And yet God loved you so deeply, so dearly, he wouldn't leave you where he found you. But he met you at ground zero, picked you up from the muck and mari clay, as our parents would say, and then changed your life. Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Look at somebody say, it's personal. It's personal. It ain't that I just believe that there's a God somewhere. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. No, it's, it's personal. And that's why I refuse to be religious. Because being religious means that I can just say that there's a God somewhere. But I don't have to live for him. I can say there's a God somewhere. Listen to me carefully today. But I can keep living as I was living before I said there was a God somewhere. 
there's no evidence of any change, no evidence of any transformation in my life. But if you're saved, you can see it. I'm not perfect, but you know I've been changed. Haven't arrived, but you know I've been changed. Ain't got it all together, but you know I've been changed. Because the change is evident. And the change keeps on occurring. Because I'm changing day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Here it is, January 2024. There ought to be a demonstrative sign that we ain't in the same place we were in January 2023. A whole year later, there ought to be some real sign of change, of growth, of development. Because I ask him to be my Lord and my Savior. Which means I'm saying to God, it ain't going to be my way no more. It's going to be your way. It won't be my will. It'll be your will. Now, in order for that to happen, then I need the wisdom of God. I need the wisdom of God. So Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that you know by heart, trust in the Lord with all of thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all of thy ways, not most of them, not some of them. In all thy ways, acknowledge him. Now why are we going to acknowledge him? Because what we are confessing to God is I ain't intelligent enough. I'm not insightful enough. I'm not gifted enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not resourceful enough to handle life on my own. See, the difference between the saved person and unsaved person is the unsaved person feels like they don't need God. The saved person will tell you, I am dependent on God for everything pertaining to my life. In all of thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall what? Direct your path. Now, the fact that he's directing your path means he's the one who's giving you the wisdom. So we want to live with the wisdom of God. Now, when it comes to the wisdom of God, that's where listening to God becomes key. Listen to the voice of God. That's what I'm going to be teaching Sunday. Listen to the voice of God. When you, when you get home, if you want to be ahead of me Sunday, when you get home, read Mark chapter 4 and read verses 1 through 12 read Mark chapter 4 verses 1 through 12 and in the first verse uh, it's either the first or the second verse of Mark's gospel chapter 4 this is what Jesus is getting ready to tell the parable that a man went out and sowed seed and the seed fell on different types of ground but as he gets ready to tell the parable can I tell you what Jesus says? It's one word, and it has an exclamation mark behind it. Jesus says, listen. 
you, you can almost see him sitting there teaching the people. And he's going to tell them the parable, but he says, listen, I can see him saying that and then pausing before he proceeds. L listen. Because what I'm about to tell you is important. It is imperative for the living of your days. Listen. Because see, some folk hear Brother Mills, but they don't listen. Amen. And this is important because, you see, when you come to Proverbs now, we, we're in Proverbs, I have not left uh, from what I'm teaching, is that in Proverbs, what's important and what's key is who are you listening to? Is it, and, and what are you being told? What you're hearing, where is it coming from? Because if you're listening to the wrong person, you can end up in a bad place. Is anybody listening to me today? Now, you may think that everything I just said in the introduction of this teaching, that I was just being verbose, that I was just running off with a whole lot of talking, but I really wasn't. I was laying a foundation so that when you walk out of here today, you're gonna say to God, if, 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 if never before, God from this day forth, I'm going to make sure that I listen to your voice. And God, I'm going to make sure that I don't allow a strange voice to seduce me and put me in a bad place. Let me show it to you in the text. Look at somebody say, I'm getting ready to holler. I'm getting ready to holler. Okay, now in verse in chapter 9 of Proverbs, verses 1 through 6, there's an invitation given by wisdom. Remember, we said that there's a banquet going on. There's a feast. The banquet and the feast is taking place in the house of God. Wisdom, who is God, because wisdom is not just a tips, is not just an advice. Wisdom is God, and it is personified in its highest uh, manifestation, in the person of Jesus Christ. So wisdom, that is God, is inviting us to come to his house. God's inviting us to come to a feast. God is inviting us to come to a banquet table. Right now, what you have done is when you came to Bible study today, you accepted an invitation from God to come to the table and eat. Somebody's going to just tell the Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the invitation, and God, thank you for giving me a mind to accept the invitation and come. Are you listening to me? Okay, now, 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 you're about to holler, you're about to holler. Look at verse 4 in chapter 9. Verse 4. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him, come eat my bread, drink of the wine I have mixed. 
Do y'all see that? Okay. Now, if you in in the pericope that we're looking at today, the text we're looking at today, look at verse 16. Ooh, you're getting ready to holler. See, verses 13 through 18 is an invitation too. It's an invitation. But now this invitation didn't come from wisdom. This invitation came from folly. This invitation came from the foolish woman. This invitation came from the seductress, the wicked woman. God will give you an invitation. And the demonic will give you one too. You, you about to holler, you about to holler, you, you about to holler, you about to holler. Now, now look at verse 4. The invitation comes from God and look at who he sends it to. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. As for him who lacks understanding, she says to him. Okay, go to verse 16. Now this invitation comes to you too, but it comes from the demonic. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him. The same thing that is said in verse four, the same thing is said in verse 16. And it's said to the same person passing by. Same thing God says, same thing the demonic says. Did y'all see that? It's the same thing. And it's said to the same people, Victor, passing by. The question, Sister Vincent, I got to ask is, who sent it? Who's talking? What am I hearing? We got to learn how to listen. Never leave home without discernment. Discernment is like American Express. Don't leave home without it. You, you got to know who is speaking to you. What are they saying? Where is it coming from? And what are they intending to do with my life if I adhere to what they are saying. See, Folly, the foolish woman, she has a shrine too. She has a temple. God's got a temple. The demonic has a temple. The only question is what house you're going to worship in. And you can end up in the wrong house. Ouija boards, the occult, palm readers, voodoo people, new age religion, scientific religion, and the list goes on. Just because they use words like spirituality, 
or spirit and so forth does not mean that it is of God. Oh, I wish, you, I, wish I had somebody listening to me today. God, help us from on Zion. Try the spirit by the spirit because every spirit is not of God. There is the Antichrist, the demonic himself, and there are Antichrists, plural, who are emissaries of the demonic. Because unlike God, the devil cannot be everywhere. He's not omnipresent. But he has unclean spirits that represent him. He sends them out, different levels, different legions of unclean spirits. Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in high places. Different legions, different levels. And they are sent to attack the people of God. They are sent to uh, distract you to um, deceive you, to defeat you, and ultimately, if they could, to destroy your very life. So you have to be careful. Got to be careful. Um, different temples, different houses yeah some people have committed suicide of taking their lives because of unclean spirits some people have allowed unclean spirits to destroy their lives because they were influenced by the wrong spirit families have been disrupted because of unclean spirits. There are people in the church, people in the church, who have a relationship with Christ, but they got children who have been influenced by demonic spirits. And you, you say, well, my son, my daughter, his generation, her generation, and uh, they just think differently, Pastor, and uh, the, the ones they hang out with is just how they see church. You're right, but the problem that you're not acknowledging, you're not facing up to is the falsehood of how they see church has to do with how they have been deceptively deceived by the demonic. That's why you ought to be careful about who your son and your daughter hangs out with. And even if your son and your daughter, quote unquote, is quote unquote grown, they, they're past, they're, over, they're 25, 18, 19, whatever, 30, they're grown, you ought not give them over to an unclean spirit. And you, you can keep on talking about, I don't want to offend them. 
Jesus help me teach this today. There ought to be something within you that you will fight for. And you ought to fight for the soul of your child. A lot of the things that our young people are comfortable with, strange sexuality, strange involvement in things that distort their character has to do with unclean spirits. They don't allow themselves to go to the wrong house. And I can't stay that much long because of time. But let me also say that the folly woman, the foolish woman, the demonic, he, he ain't satisfied with just doing his corruption in the world at large. If allowed, he'll come into the house of God. He wears Louis Vuitton. He wears Gucci. He wears Brook Brothers. He wears all the modern fashion dresses, puts on Chanel number five, wears Tom Ford. He dresses up very well. And you may not know that he's here until the unclean spirit, that person, at some point in the service, he finds it necessary to do something out of sync with the Spirit of God. Strange fire is making its way to the altar. I was talking to a pastor, a friend of mine, just yesterday, and I told him, I don't know where the world is going, and I don't know in some regards where the church is going and the pulpit is going, but I'm going to stay with the book. I'm going to stay with the book. And I believe from the soul of my heart that the reason why God told me I want you to focus more on teaching because a lot that people are calling preaching today ain't preaching because it ain't Christ-centered. It has more to do with um, accommodating people who want to be uh, entertained, who want their emotions tickled. They're not interested in truth. They just, they just want to come in and have, quote unquote, a good time. Preachers saying that homosexuality is okay. Preachers talking about open marriage. I can be married, but it's an open marriage. I can have other folk on the side. <laughs> Preachers dibbling and dabbling in this, that, and the other. Yeah. Something wrong with that. 
strange fire and made it to the altar. But Paul, when he talks about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to Timothy, he says, the church of the living God, the ground and pillar of truth. And the reason why I'm enjoying teaching you, uh, Aaron, I don't know how far I can walk, but the reason why I'm enjoying teaching you is because you are to be a pillar of truth. Not just me. God wants me to grow a mature church. He wants me to grow a church that has integrity, authenticity. What good does it do any church to have an edifice, a building, and a cross on the top if you are spiritually slouchy, if you're spiritually unclean. There's a passage, Brother Mills, in the Old Testament that talks about the priests and the garments that the priests wore. And they were very lavish garments, you know, several layers that made up what the priests wore. But in that passage, it said that his drawers were dirty. The people couldn't see his drawers because he's got all of the other layers, the epod and, and all the stuff on. Looks good on the outside, but his drawers are dirty. Who's Who's influencing you? God wants a house of integrity. He wants his worship to be real. And I'm telling you, beloved, in the house of God where people are taking God serious and where truth is being declared and where people are worshiping God in spirit and in truth and where people are living up to the standard of God and the call of God, that house is gonna run over with saved souls. Not a crowd, but people whose lives have been transformed and people who want to worship God in spirit and in truth. That's going to be the house where you're going to see the sick healed. You're going to see people who are in bondage delivered. You're going to see families changed. You're going to see children run into Jesus. You're going to see young people declaring, I've had enough. You're going to see young adults coming in crying, falling on their knees. Jesus, thank you for setting me free. That's the house. Now, when you look at God's invitation, verse five, in God's invitation, come eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed 
forsake foolishness and live and go in the way of understanding. When God sends you an invitation, the invitation is grounded in truth. There's no fluff. There's no razzle-dazzle. Ain't nothing to it, on it, to uh, tickle your fancy. It's open, it's upfront, it's clear, it's clean, it's honest. Ain't no tricks. The preacher who's going to declare the gospel, he, he don't need to perform. He don't, he don't need to, to do anything trickery to get you to come in. Just tell the truth. Whosoever will, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. The Word of God does not go out and return void, but it will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent forth. And everybody's got a free volitional will. They can receive it or they can reject it. That's up to them. But my responsibility is to teach the truth. Now, unlike wisdom, who will just give you the truth? Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Unlike wisdom, look, look, at, look at folly, look at the foolish woman. First of all, look at verse 13. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knows nothing. The foolish woman, she's loud and she's ignorant. She's boisterous. She, she's over the top. And she's ignorant. A lot of hype. Now, after she gives invitation, look at verse 17. See, and as for him who lacks understanding, she says to him. Now, God says the same thing, but then the demonic says, stolen water is sweet. Stolen water is sweet. Ain't that something? <laughs> stolen water is sweet. What, what, what the fallen woman gives you is counterfeit. There's a counterfeit gospel. Sounds good, but it's false. Sometimes I'll go on YouTube just to see what's being said out there, and I'd be listening to other folk, you know, and I had to say to my, okay, cut this off. Because I'm listening to it, I say, uh-uh, uh-uh. I'm listening to them on YouTube, I said, that ain't right. I'm listening, I said, the devil is a lie. I'm listening, I said, where are you coming from? I'm listening, I said, did you, do you have any theological education? I'm listening to them, I said, did you ever learn how to exegete scripture? I'm listening, I said, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I, I got to get off of it. Because there's only so much ignorance I can listen to. It's, it's counterfeit, stolen water. Listen to that, Cynthia. 
stolen water is sweet. It's counterfeit. Listen to what, 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 what the, the, the foolish woman says. Uh, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Well, if the bread ain't bad, if the bread ain't stale, Robert, why you got to eat it in secret? <laughs> yeah. You, you're eating the bread in secret because if you ate it in public, it would bring so much shame to you that you would be disconnected from the covenant community. Thank you, Holy Ghost. God is light and in him there is no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with God and we walk in the darkness, we are a lie and the truth is not in us. If, if what I say is of God and I can't do it publicly, something wrong. If what I'm doing demands that I do it under cover of the darkness. For God so loved the world that gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is the condemnation. Keep reading. And this is the condemnation. The men love darkness rather than light that their deeds might be manifested. There's a reason why some folk want to do it at night. Because I don't want nobody to see who I really am. Ah, Holy Ghost, thank you. In all that you do, do it to the glory of God. If what I'm doing won't give God glory, that means I shouldn't be doing it. But the demonic will call you to do stuff at night, in the dark, under the cover. The demonic says, after all, everybody else is doing it. The demonic says, it ain't going to really hurt you. Everybody deserves some fun. You need to satisfy yourself. You in Belize. You in Dubai. You in the... Um, you're in Jamaica. You're in the Dominican Republic. Nobody here knows you. <laughs> Nobody here sees you. You at South Beach in Miami. Eat, drink, and be merry for the day you live and tomorrow you die. Enjoy yourself. That's what the demonic tells you. 
And then, after you make a decision that begins to cost you, that same demonic that told you to do it is going to be the same voice that's then going to incriminate you. It's going to load you with guilt and shame. It'll be the same voice that tells you ain't nothing to you. All this time you've been saying you're a Christian, look at you. So you might as well give up. It'll be the same voice that'll tell you to quit on yourself, give up on God. There are pastors, you hear me and hear me well. There are pastors in pulpits, Christian pulpits, who have lost their children. Pastors whose children have died. I'm talking about literally, physically died. Pastors whose children have been destroyed. Here we are as pastors. We're going to save everybody else. Lose our own house. Lose our own children. Because they listened to the wrong voice. Because what the demon is going to give is going to be counterfeit. What the demon is going to give you is going to be telling you to do something under the cloak of darkness. And so verse 18 concludes like this. Talking about the simple one. The one who gets deceived by the unclean voice. But he does not know that the dead are there. <laughs> when you go to the demonic's house, you're going where the dead are. When you start listening to the wrong voice, you're going to start having fellowship with the dead. That her guests are in the depths of hell. I'm going to close the book now. Some people don't know who they're hanging out with until it's too late. So you got to be mindful of who you keep fellowship with. And that's why I'm urging every young adult in this church to get serious about God and to get serious about this book. Um, this came to my mind yesterday. I'm, I'm pleading with people, I'm urging people to come to Bible study, 11 or 7, but fill this house. I'm urging people to come to the Connection Group Bible study on Sunday mornings. I'm going to start asking every Sunday for a while that anybody who, who does not have a hunger and a thirst for the word of God after the benediction meet me at the altar and let me pray for you that you'll have a hunger and a thirst 
for the word of God. That's how serious this is. When you hear me tell you, bring another member of the church to Bible study and bring another person outside the church, I'm not asking you to do that for me to have a crowd. Like what I just did today, if it was three people in here, I'd have taught the word today just like I taught it to you if it wasn't but three people. My asking you to bring another person from the church and the people outside is that you see what I see, that you hear what I hear, and that you can hear the voice of God saying it's getting late in the evening. It's getting late. I don't know, Sister White, when the Lord's coming back, but time is winding up. It's getting late in the evening, and the time of playing church and going through the motion is far too past. We got to get serious about this, because if you want to know what's, on, what's at stake, it's the souls of people. It's the souls of people. And my prayer to God for you is that you will follow me as I follow Christ. And let's keep making this church the church of the living God, the ground and pillar of truth. Amen. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.